0: Check, check. Is it, oh, there we go. It's working now. It's funny. My microphone didn't work one minute, and then the next, it did. Sorry. <laughs> Hour to the game, Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale. The game after work, 785-537-1350, the phone number if you want to call in. Take some calls after we speak with uh, Pete Hughes. It's our last show of the week. I'm going to be out of town. Uh nothing's been announced officially yet. There's uh, potentially the game tomorrow between K-State and KU might be moved up when it comes to start time. So when we hear more, uh, we'll be sure to let you know as soon as we find out. Put it out there on social media. And, of course, K-State Athletics will be announcing that as well. So we'll hold off until we get the the specific details from K-State, if that does get changed or not. I was thinking about this uh, little baby. And his lowdown song. Again, mm-hmm. we can't play the uh, the commercial copyright music anymore, but we can play the instrumentals. And he has that open date on August sixteenth, right between the two days where he has shows in Denver and St. Louis. I'm like, hey, perfect stop, right, man? These rappers, they charge a lot of money if they're a, if they're a headliner for an arena, man. Do they charge a lot of money? I don't know any other b- little baby songs, but I remember. Um, So it was Marcus Noel, the older brother of Marquise Noel. And (laughs) he put out this tweet when the Cats were in New York City to play in the NCAA tournament. And I can't remember if it was a response to somebody, if we just randomly tweeted this out. But it was just the sentence, go to lunch in a Jewish community. And I got to thinking, I was like, well, I used to live in the Upper West Side. And that was kind of considered in a way, a Jewish community. I guess there's some in Brooklyn, but I don't remember a lot of Jewish places to eat. Well, of course, the arrogant part on my side here is I didn't realize that was the opening lyrics to this song. Oh, ho. Go to lunch in a Jewish community. Yeah, I wouldn't tell on the bros for immunity. I'm going to stop there because there's some some cuss words in there That i to <gasps> Stay away from The song's better when you clap to it I'm with Tang I, I didn't know a single lyric yeah. In the song until I looked up the lyrics itself But I will say So the song is only Two minutes and fourteen seconds And I'm looking at the full lyrics And I've probably written essays Shorter than this a lot of lyrics for a two minute 14 second song and and, you know the first 10 seconds is just the opening i gotta tell you i I am impressed by the uh the amount of words that were squeezed into two minutes and 14 seconds all right let's talk k-state baseball we're now joined by pete hughes k-state baseball coach his team is 21 and 14 they are getting ready to play tomorrow in Lawrence to take on the Jayhawks to open up a three-game series. KU a couple of games above 500. k K-State looking for a big series victory in conference play. The last time out for the Bad Cats, they win in seven at home on Monday against Creighton. It's a two-game sweep of the Creighton Blue Jays this season. Coach, I remember you know back about a month ago when we played the game uh, at Creighton, you talked to me about how big that game was just to win that one. Beating Creighton twice. How big is that?
1: Well, you know, Creighton's a, a really good team, you know, and they're gonna finish at the top half, top third of, of that league. And uh, anytime you beat people that are gonna win a lot of games it helps it helps you out from a strength of schedule and an RPI standpoint and we're always trying to build our resume, you know, to get in that national tournament and that, that that win helped us. It was uh it was a great character win too. You know, we rolled in here about two thirty in the morning uh, from Austin. Crazy travel, and you know, we had to turn around and, and and be a team team male at 2 p.m., you know, and then, and then try to beat somebody at six. And our kids handled that, one complained about it. They knew, you know, that baseball players have to do that, and know the sport like it. and Sometimes it's a little more difficult, but we uh, answered to adversity. We were still emotionally drained and upset about the weekend in Texas, but. You know, when the scoreboard went on, we we played great, and it was a convincing win. And it was a it was a a good win up and down our program. A lot of people contributed.
0: Well, there's been a couple of stats this season have been very consistent, and you're at pretty much the top of the list when it comes to in the country in a couple of statistics. I want to start with stolen bases? Seventh right now in the country in stolen bases, and you have 85. Had 42 total last year. And I remember, you know, stolen bases, that was one of the first things we talked about back at Stephen F. Austin to begin the year about being a little bit more aggressive. And I know, of course, it depends on the situation, but after last year, was that a big goal of yours just heading into the, into uh, 2023? You wanted to be more aggressive on the base paths?
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. When, when, when I looked at our 2022 year, I was obviously disappointed, and I wanted to see where... Where we could improve and um, and be, become a better program and become a better offense, and I thought we were athletic enough to do it in the running game. So we preached it. Uh, and again, you know, you you can't get the running game going if you don't get people on base. But you know, I, I know you'll get to this stat next. But we we lead the country in walks. So those are two areas of focus: you get runners on base via the walk, and then um, get the running game going. And you, you just have to pick your spots. You have to know it. We studied it in the offseason, and um, we, we know what works what doesn't work. We know what, what situations to put our guys in where they're going to have success, and um, we're, we're starting to get a really good feel for it right now.
0: Yeah, you're right. The other stat is walks. You lead the entire country uh, in walks. Austin waits has these guys' eyes like owls, I suppose, with watching where the baseball is flying to when it comes to the strike zone. Is there a big secret to that? Or is it just keeping your eye on the ball? Is there a whole lot to it?
1: There's a lot of training to it. Um, It started day one in the fall. I told Austin I wanted to walk more. And coming from a guy who's known me for a while and coming from a guy who's played for me, he knows that uh, the one thing I've never really liked or tolerated was the strikeout. And he said, if you're going to get high walks, coach, you're going to have to live with some strikeouts because you're going to be in two strike counts a lot and you're going to run counts deep and i said i trust you i, I I'll, I'll change and that's what we've done you know it's it's got to be a complete buy-in with every kid in the program you know those kids who generally do not strike out are going to strike out looking um more than they they have in the past um but it's an everyday message it's 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 a relentless message. You you can't allow anyone to swing at a bad pitch, and, it's, and you hear it nonstop in our practices. And, and our guys have bought in, and um, and as a result, you know we we have scored. I don't know. Uh, we're in we're in the top twenty, I think, in runs scored in the country. Uh, you know we got traffic on the bases. We, we we can get our run game going. We get pitchers out of the stretch. Pitch counts are running high early in the games uh, because we drive our counts so deep, meaning we get in, we get in teams' bullpens earlier. So um, Austin's done an unbelievable job. Uh, our kids have done an unbelievable job at the buy-in. Um, we're starting to see the results. And, uh, now we just need to get a couple of big hits to to get more runs in. You know, because if, if you're tops in the country in those categories—stolen bases, walks, runs scored. We have to be in a better place than where we are right now, and we're close. And I told our guys we're, we're extremely close from being a good to great program, uh, and, and really, it's just a couple of hits away, so uh, stay with it. We'll keep getting guys on base. We'll keep running. Every time we steal a base, a guy's in scoring position, um, and, and our guys have gotten some hits. We, we just need to get hot right now. We need to play better. Uh, when runners are in scoring position, we need to lock in and, and, and be great at that time, and that was our message before Monday's game. We had a lot of traffic left on the bases in Austin. Um, and our guys certainly against Creighton you know, answered the call as far as being productive with runners on base.
0: Well, speaking of you know, being close to really breaking out and giving yourselves a, a, a solid opportunity to play in the postseason past you know, the NCAA tournament, past the Big 12 tournament, I mean, how much does Kalen Culpepper, returning from injury after being out a number of weeks, give you that opportunity to compete at that level.
1: You know, he, he's a he's a game-changing bat um, and he can hit for power, he can steal a base, he can hit for average, but he changes the game at third base defensively, you know, and um, our our left side has played great. You know, if we, we went to Austin and didn't make one error. We're fielding 992 in the league. in large part of you know KC coming back and and uh, making that left side really really good tops in the league in my opinion and then and what else it does it it puts Chamo Peña over the first where that's his best position and now we're really you know we're, we're plus defenders Just gets everybody where they should be, having Casey back um, at third. And, you know, and I think the pitchers pitch with a lot more confidence in the zone, knowing that if there's a ground ball, it's going to be an out.
0: Speaking with K State baseball coach Pete Hughes on the game. So now looking big picture, uh, I, I tried looking up some bracketology for the NCAA tournament, kind of get an idea of where the Big 12 currently sits right now, which I believe is third in RPI. Is it too early to tell right now? The feeling of how many Big Twelve teams could get in, and where you need to be RPI range wise to feel good about getting in.
1: I could. I I think it's too early, Mitch. You know, we haven't even met. I'm I'm the I'm the regional rep for you know those committees, and we haven't had our first meeting yet. You know, so it's early. Um, I I do think our our league should be a, a, a six team league. Um, it'll probably be five or six the way it's looking right now but there's a lot of baseball left rpi is going to change um drastically when we start playing some of these other opponents in the league that has that have you know, good rpi with strength of schedule and strength of opponent all those things factor in you know we're not even close to have gotten to yet so there's a lot of baseball left and, but i talk to our team about it every day you know we all came here came here to go to Omaha. and we all signed up for it. That's why we came here. But you have to get in the national tournament to do that. And here's how we need to. Here's here's what we need to do to get to the national tournament. So, yeah. The the easiest way is to win every series on the way out. I get this hit. And you know we really lost an opportunity to gain some RPI points and a quality series win on the road by not finishing that game at Texas on Friday. Um, instead of sitting around and talking about the eighth inning in Austin on Friday night. I'm, I want to sit around here and figure out what we have to do to get in the national tournament. And it starts with winning every series we play. And it starts with this weekend at KU.
0: Well, looking at the KU series tomorrow, you'll have Lefty Owen Borma, of course, on the mound. You're right, your, your Friday guy, and he's 4-1 on the year. Uh, looked pretty solid, I, I would say, when I was watching the game uh, last Friday in Austin. Um, where he struck out 12, went seven innings, just gave up a few runs there in the eighth, threw a lot of pitches. That's that's one thing he can do. That's certainly what he did at the D3 level, is throw a lot of pitches in his outings. But I, I'm sure you would say he earned your trust in the LSU game, uh, but has he just consistently improved in in your eyes over the course of Big 12 play, showing that, yeah, this three, D3 guy can compete at the highest level? Yeah, he
1: didn't take too long to get settled in you know, mentally. Um I think you probably saw it in his first outing at Stephen F. Austin. He was just, what an adrenaline, you know. I don't want to say nerves because it's kind of, it, there's a negative connotation there with athletes when you talk about nerves, but I think it was more adrenaline. I think he knows, absolutely knows he belongs at this level. Absolutely. And I, I told him that when we recruited him because I know it works and I've seen enough of it. The sample size is big enough for me to say, hey, you're going to be really, really good in the Big 12. Left-hand pitching works in this league, and especially your style of pitching. And he's a strike zone machine. You know, at Texas, he strikes out twelve and seven, gives up a bun hit, a fly ball that got turned into a double. You know, and then he he's he's the one who ate those runs on his ERA, which you know that that's a, that's just a hard luck hard luck outing. That, that he pitched a gem. I think only two pitches in, in the in the Big Twelve this season have struck out twelve. So so. That should tell you the high level of performance we had on a Friday night, which, make, which makes it even worse that we squandered that great start you know, and, uh, on a Friday night. But that, that, that's what he can do for you every Friday night. I think his worst outing was uh, statistically was probably against West Virginia, but I thought he had really good stuff that night. We faced, you know, we faced good hitters in this league. We were going to get hit. They had a good game plan against him. Um, but every time you roll him up there, you get a lot of confidence. And he's going to he's
0: going to get you through six and with a chance to win the game. The Cats are 21-14 and on the season, 6-6 and in Big 12 play. You now visit the Kansas Jayhawks Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> Hoagland Park and Lawrence, the Jayhawks are 17-15, and 5-4, but they've won nine of the last ten. What are some keys this weekend against the Jayhawks? What are you expecting from them? Well, you know, they've
1: been really good lately with the big inning. Um So you got to damage control those innings, and that's an area where we haven't been great. So, you know, those those four or five run innings, they they need to stay at a two or a one run inning. Um, So, so, and and you know what? They swing early and often. um, Keep them off the bases. Keep them off balance. uh, Try to exploit the run game. They do a good job with controlling the run game, but but I think we can pick our spots there. and, and try to get into their bullpen. You know, they're the first-year coaching staff, and there's some turnover there in the roster, and um, they've got some kids that haven't had much Big 12 experience that they're playing with, but they're playing well, and they're going to be coached very well. So, you know, keep them off balance and try to avoid that big inning.
0: All right, Coach, to wrap up, this is going to sound a bit weird, but – a couple weeks ago on the show, I mentioned that I have never played Monopoly, and I got board game shamed. So what I did was I taught myself how to play Monopoly. That way, whenever somebody decides to challenge me, I'm ready to go, and I'm not trying to learn on the fly. Is there a board game or just like a recreational game, like billiards or or darts that you've competed with your family or somebody that you always tend to win?
1: I'm hoping it didn't take you too long to figure out how to play Monopoly, right? It's not, not much of a learning curve there. But if you got a good five or six hours in your day, you know that, that that's what you do, and it's usually how long that that game takes to play. But uh, in, in my house mix, we're um, we're a ping pong family. Um, my wife being the best in the house, son number one is probably Thomas's. Usually comes in number number two in those tournaments, um, and then our, our holiday board game would, would be. Uh, boulder dash not sure if you're familiar with it but that's that's been a main staple in the hughes house over the last jeez 15 holidays so but that that's all i got for you mitch you usually give me a heads up on these questions and <laughs> appreciate it man appreciate what you do for our program and go cats we're gonna have a great weekend
0: that's coach hughes k-state baseball uh so yes i did this is a true story i did teach myself to play monopoly it did not take five or six hours. It took more like one or two. I learned pretty quickly. It's not that difficult. Although to me, like on the outside looking in, never playing Monopoly ever, but watching people play did seem a bit complicating and a bit confusing. But it's not. If you've never played Monopoly, it's not a hard game to learn.
2: I actually had it loaded on a tablet and used to play it on flights.
0: That'd be cool. But did you have to? Was one game five or six hours? No. How many players?
2: Uh, I, it was me against the computer.
0: But how, how many? Uh, four. Four, four yeah. total? Yeah, yeah, four total. It seems to be the, uh, the typical game of four, but it does come with six pieces. And the thimble, I heard, is back. By the way, it's thimble. National Scrabble Day. Oh, man, I, I waxed Lindsay one time in Scrabble. There was one game we played. It was down to my last move. She had already played all her moves. And I was like twenty points down, and the the board is loaded.
2: And so I, were you? And I,
0: oh. yeah, <laughs> maybe <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think I worked the next day. Um, we do enjoy our margaritas, and I and I played one letter in between two, two letters. Like there was like the only play I had. And I was like I just took a guess. I like I don't know if this is a real word or not. It got me like twenty one points, and I won by one point. And she is a uh, boy. I did not get to pick what we watched that night. Scrabble was
2: a bit of a, uh, of a uh, time saver slash life saver, if you will, when I was in the hospital. Mom and I would actually play on the tablet uh, when, to pass time.
0: See, I was too dumb I as a kid. I needed it. I needed it. Too dumb as a kid to play a game like Scrabble. I could do Battleship. Sorry, Hungry Hungry Hippos was a fun one as a kid. My dad tried teaching me how to play chess. And he taught me, and I got the basics down, but he didn't take it easy on me. Sure. And he just beat my ass twice, and I was like, I'm done. I'm done with this. You've beaten me up on chess. I'm never playing again. I never have played it again. Get me out of here. All right, so when we come back, okay, so K-State Baseball has just announced the game time change for tomorrow. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Plus... Uh, a little bit of K-State basketball as we jump back to that. It appears that K-State is in kind of a tug of war with another Big 12 program on the high recruit. That's next. Well, the Mitch is back. Well played. Yeah. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale. I knew you'd enjoy a little Elton today. Yeah. Well, I was singing the lyrics in my head.
2: That's the way song. to do it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, 537-1350. Phone number. Uh, the latest on K-State baseball. They did move uh, the start time for tomorrow. They moved it up. Uh, Hoagland Park. Lawrence, Kansas, of course, the new home of a Waterburger. Schedule change for tomorrow. The first pitch is now at 3 o'clock. That means pregame here on K Man will begin at 2. We are already planning to not have a show tomorrow. I'm going to a funeral tomorrow out of town. I'll be out of town all day. Um, but now it's now we don't have to play like ESPN Radio. You know? Well,
2: it also puts us into uh, being able to carry the Royals tomorrow night. They're a 610 start. There or, sorry, 640 start, 6 o'clock pregame.
0: Against so, the Braves. Against the Bravos. Might be one of the higher attended uh, series of the season with the Braves in town. Oh, boy. What's wrong with the Braves?
2: No, just that I'd hate to see that the place gets taken over like it does with Yankees.
0: Well... I don't know if the Braves travel like that, but also, you know, the Yankees, of course, are a very bandwagon franchise. So there's fans all over the place. Much like the Cardinals. Cardinals, Cowboys. I'll, I mean, I'll say, yeah, certainly the Cowboys, Lakers. Who well, I remember when I was in high school, Ohio State was a big bandwagon team at the time. Remember all of a sudden there were a couple of kids in my high school that all of a sudden they they rooted for the buckeyes.
2: Unreal. Nothing. Okay. No. All right. I uh, I, I you know, I, I I there's there's a joke in there about abuse, but you know. <laughs> why why would you let your child uh put up with the abuse of that?
0: So it was around the time also, Florida. Florida was another one. Florida and Ohio State were yeah. two very bandwagon well teams you had back then.
2: Spurrier leading the leading the Gators at that point. They were on quite a roll,
0: right? And but also the, the the basketball programs were also pretty good at the time. True playing playing each other in national championships in both football, and basketball. All right. So again, K State baseball tomorrow at KU will start now at three o'clock instead of six o'clock. I do believe the other two start times. Uh, are still on as scheduled, which would be 2 o'clock Saturday, 1 o'clock on Sunday. All the coverage is right here on K-Man. Pregame starts 30 minutes prior. Ryan Smoller will be on the broadcast for those three matchups. Okay. A little bit of K-State basketball news outside of uh, them putting a little baby in the top 10 list of uh, the top 10 chart for uh, rap music, according to Billboard. No longer in there, but was in there for one week with lowdown. So, the latest on Max Smith from Oral Roberts, 6'1 guard, senior, 22 points, four and a half rebounds, a steal, four assists per game. And he shot 44% from the field. He was up for 30% in three point range throughout his, not only this past season, but throughout his career. So, the latest report from On Three. Not a big fan of this report, uh, the substance of it. So, the report is. There are two programs that are pretty high on the list for Max Asemus. K State's one of them. That's fantastic news. But the other is Texas. Texas has kind of found itself in a situation very similar to K State, and that is a need for guards. Because, like K State, they lose two to, you know, next level slash graduation. Marcus Carr. Sir Jabari Rice, your sixth man of the year, Jabari Rice. They're both gone. They lose one in the transfer portal in Artario Morris. But also what K-State has not dealt with is a decommitment. They have a five-star guy in A.J. Johnson who very recently said, I've decided not to be a Longhorn. Rodney Terry was just recently hired. And up until, gosh, it felt like a week before he was actually hired. I mean, the word out of Austin was that they were not going with Rodney Terry, but he became very popular. He was the people's pick. And at that point, you're like, well, we kind of have to go with him. Um, now, Max Asemus, a lot of like top 10 lists are out of like who are the top guys in the portal. Asemus is going to fall in that top five. As a matter of fact, when it comes to the leading scores from this past season, just individually, and when it comes to those that are returning from last year to this year, Ace Smith is the leading score in the country. Now he was ninth last year, and there are a couple of guys that have announced that they're going to test the NBA draft waters, but they're retaining their eligibility. So that you know that fact might change a little bit, but it's still going to be like top three or four, at the very least, when it comes to scores from last year. And this Golden Eagle, who has been like a two-time first-team all-conference player, conference player of the year, an NCAA tournament run a couple of years ago, a fantastic scorer, highly sought-after recruit. I love that K-State's in the running for him, but at the same time, I don't like being in competition with Texas for a couple of reasons, and I think there there are some obvious reasons. If you didn't know, Max A. Smith is a Texas guy. He is from the Lone Star State. He grew up in Rockwall, Texas – which is around Dallas. It's a suburb of Dallas, and it's about a four-hour drive from Texas. But I'm sure a lot of people like him growing up had the dream of playing for Texas. Maybe. As uh, Rockwell's about a four-hour drive from Austin. But also, NIL becomes a factor, especially with the higher-tier players in the portal. could very much turn into a bidding war, And I'll just leave it at this, and that is it'll be really tough to beat Texas in a battle like that. It's a much different battle. And uh, Texas is what Texas is. A lot of donors, a lot of money. They have more to play with than K-State does. But I wouldn't count K-State out. Wouldn't count K-State out. Cats still have a chance. I gave you the details, and I'm probably going to leave it at that. It'll be a tough battle to land him if the Cats do ginormous win absolutely ginormous win but we'll see how it plays out we'll take a break number two the floor is yours i teased you
2: earlier about having the great hair and i have great hair that you're working on your draft knowledge going to become the next mel Kuiper. <laughs> okay maybe not what celebrity do most people say you look like who are you a
0: doppelganger for? I was told when I was living in New York City by somebody at the Stern Show, I, I look like David Archuleta. I don't know if you remember him, but I think he was on American Idol. Yes. And did, you know, did some solo stuff. I haven't heard of him in probably since then. And I looked him up and I was like, OK, I kind of see it. But and I've shared this story many times. I think this started in high school. I think it started in high school. No, it was college. It started in college, where I was, uh, it was more than one people. It was a weird number of people, like way too many, that thought I looked exactly like Angel Rodriguez, former point guard. And I had never saw it. I was like, what in the hell are you talking about? There, There isn't a resemblance. Other, Maybe slightly. That one had always confused me. And it still does today. I'd make, I'd make a couple jokes about it, and I ran with it, kind of, but I never really thought it made any sense at all. What about you? Uh,
2: at this point, I look like the typical random guy sitting behind the wheel giving a video on some topic that I'm upset about. Bald. The goatee. I just need the sunglasses. I've kind of gotten just generic at this point used to hack my brother off it had one person who used to claim that he looked like matthew broderick problem was by that point you already had the hairline crawling up so it didn't work real well for him
0: if you were skinny and jacked you could pull off stone cold steve austin somehow i doubt that because you mentioned the goatee and maybe ditch the glasses and start chugging beer i'd have to go full bald which you have i have in the past yeah I don't know. I, when I look at you the way you currently are right now, I, nobody really comes to mind. I know that's boring. But I,
2: yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I've got the middle-aged white guy balding down pat right now. I've got it. I've got it perfect. We got one more we can squeeze in? Um, if you could
0: try any food, what would it be? See, I'm not really afraid to try a whole lot of things. Like, There's some weird ones that I'm not interested at all. I could try anything. Given,
2: given you, New York, you have?
0: S- you have one? I, uh, I'm thinking.
2: Yeah, you know, I I would have to do some work on it because I'm a
0: little leery about. <laughs> well, okay, so that that's kind of the thing. I've tried most things. I mean, there are some odd ones out there that a whole lot of people have never tried. My like delicacies in some locations, but. When you think of all the popular cuisines, even some of the less popular but still really good cuisines, like I've tried them. And I, again, that's boring, but oh, I've never had a kiwi. I say, Yeah, I've never had a kiwi. Yeah. I'd like to try one. I've heard they're really solid. There you go. That works. You? Nothing off the top of my head. Fantastic. Let's get out of here. Off tomorrow for Troy Amich Mitch. Go Cats.